Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com superstuff and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com superstuff and get started today. This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. Hello, citizens! Welcome to the Fortress of Potitude. I'm Dave Michaels. I'm Brian Betts. And we are the Cape Podcasters. This is a show about the chronic what calls the found footage. <laughs> chronic what calls the found footage. Dave, I found something. What'd it, you find? It was footage. Oh, hey. how about that? We're talking about 2012's Chronicle. Chronicle. Directed by Josh Trank. Yeah, the young upstart. Written by Max Landis. Couple names that you don't hear a lot uh, <laughs> anymore. One you're going to hear a lot less because Max Landis is a dirty boy. He sure is. He got himself in trouble for the inappropriate touching. He, he did the things with the stuff and the ladies. That you shouldn't do. No. Stop doing that. Stop it. And all Josh Trank did that was wrong was after this when he did the Fantastic Four. Yeah. And it was bad. Yeah. It was bad. But then he tweeted that it was bad. And that was worse. Is that worse or is that like, oh, you're cool? I don't know. It's <laughs> kind of like good damage control. <laughs> He tweeted out, but then he deleted it, which I think is where it went wrong. He was like, yeah, this would have been better a year ago when I was done with it. And then it was like, oh, bud. Oh, man. So. Letting it fly. All right. But then like 20 minutes later, he deleted it. Fine. 20 minutes. A long time, though, for all of his 100 followers. I don't know what Josh Frank has. (laughs) I don't know. I'm sure he's a a swell boy. I don't know. I think it's four after After that that was done. Michael B. Jordan even is like on the fence on it. Yeah. Miles Teller wants nothing to do with it. Doesn't even follow him. Miles Teller him. was not in this movie, but almost was. I'm not surprised at that at all. You ever seen this thing? I have not. This was my first time. Yeah? Yeah. This is a fresh one. You got initial thoughts? I found it interesting. But? Uh, I think this is going to fall into the territory of, it was a great concept, but execution was kind of off. Sure. I'm slightly in the same boat. There's a lot that I found cool about this movie. Oh, absolutely. A lot that I found interesting. And when I was done with it, I was like, okay. Yeah. That's fine. I've seen it now. Yeah. And it was funny because when I saw the runtime on this, I texted you and said, this thing's only an hour 24. And you went, oh, cool. That's that's great. That's not like three <laughs> hours better. like yeah. anything else we want. <laughs> and then when the movie started and I noticed it was found footage, I went, that explains it. Yep. That'll do it every that time. can only hold your interest for so long. <laughs> they do some neat things with it, though. They do some very clever things with it. Yes. And I think that's as far as it really goes is it's clever for the sake of being clever. Yeah. That's not a bad thing in this one. But it fits. Most of it fits. But most of it. You got Michael B. Jordan in this thing. You got Dane DeHaan. Yep. You got Alex Russell. And you'll He's Australian. see him again, I'm sure, somewhere. Never. Maybe. 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 Uh, I don't know. So far, no good. Uh, yeah. Uh, Michael Kelly's back. Michael Kelly, who we remember from Defendor and Man of Steel. He's starting to get high on this list of people we've talked about. Yeah. Which is he's... wild. He's in Ryan Reynolds' territory right now. Yeah. Three. Wow. Good for him. Way to way to go. Maybe Ebert's a big fan of Michael Kelly. Maybe. <laughs> We're going to find out later. What is this thing about? Seattle teenager Andrew Detmer, played by Dane DeHaan. Yeah. Dane DeHaan looks like all normal people look uh, in their yeah, life. Yeah, right? you know, how uh, the normal of us all appear. Not so much a child appearance. of the corn, but an adult of the corn, yeah. for sure. <laughs> Just like a dude of the corn. He starts videotaping his whole life. For what reason? Reasons. Oh, okay. His mother, Karen, is slowly dying from cancer, and his alcoholic father- Michael Kelly. Michael Kelly. <laughs> verbally and physically abuses him. Right. Fun times. Uh, I would say that house is full of laughs. <laughs> <laughs> At school, Andrew's a weird dude. Yeah, because he brings his camera to school and he's filming everything. It's like an extended version of American Beauty. Yeah, yeah. He's like- just filming bags- I feel like he was already unpopular and bullied, and then he was like, hey, let me bring this let camera me double with me down. everywhere and go. <laughs> and it didn't seem to help. It's weird. Andrew's cousin, Matt, played by Alex Russell, drives him to and from school every day. He's like, hey, man, you need to go to a party. You're kind of weird. Don't bring your weird camera, you weirdo. Meet people. And Andrew's dad's a dick, so he's like, yeah, I'd rather go to a party than stay home. Fair. At that party, Matt insists. Get away from me. Go find other people. I'm trying to film <laughs> things at this party, and Matt doesn't want anything to do with them. Yeah. It's weird. Everything's weird. 
Andrew's filming grabs the attention of Casey, who's also filming the party for reasons one would assume. Uh, one would assume it's to have a second camera in there so they could do multiple people talking at once. Yeah, exactly. It's a very convenient choice. Super convenient. Not to mention that they go to trope high because John Hughes <laughs> will look at this and go, you guys went too far. Yeah. yeah. I feel like any kind of party at this scale is not going to last long. No. And it's just a miracle that Emilio Estevez isn't just coming out of a corner with a football jersey. <laughs> it's it's so tropey where you have your bullies and your jacks. Right. And, oh. uh, and uh. you're nerd with this camera. It's a big ass camera too. It's not like Huge. a small GoPro or anything like that. It's over the shoulder. And someone even comments like, what is that from 2004? <laughs> Which is not that far before this movie. but No, it's using a tape probably though. Timely enough. Yeah. Andrew films some dude's girlfriend and he gets pissed off. And he like spits on the camera or something, and Andrew leaves. He goes outside and cries. He goes outside and cries. Like all adults of the corn do. Everybody knows that when you're at a high school party and somebody spits on your camera, it's cry time. Gotta get outside. You gotta cry. That's how you meet the popular girl in all these movies, though. Nope. That's how you meet the popular boy. Oh, I got it wrong this time. That's right. (laughs) He's persuaded by Steve, Michael B. Jordan. The most charming motherfucker in the world. Oh, my God. And- He's selling it in this movie. He is so good in this movie. He's great. He's like, hey, man, you got to come record this hole that I found with Matt. (laughs) When the most popular guy is saying, hey, come record my woods hole. Yeah. You you probably uh, come deep into the woods with me because you got to check out this hole I found. (laughs) And sure enough, there's a hole that has like a a weird noise coming out of it. As most wood holes to have. So what do you do in that situation? You go down in the woods hole. You dive into the hole. <laughs> it's just in the middle of this field, and everyone's like, no, this is a good idea. No, we should definitely Let's go do down there. And weirdo Andrew is saying, no, nah, I got my camera. I don't want to break my camera. Like, yeah, that's what you should worry about, right, you fucking right. weirdo. And then his cousin goes down the hole, and he's like, I guess I better go, too. In the hole, there's a weird blue crystalline object thing. Right. It's really glowy. And they touch it. And they touch it. And they it, rub all up on it. And it turns red. Which is usually assigned to- You probably should go. Hey, don't do that. Yeah, I, uh, it's on the scale. When things change color, that's bad. You get out. We've talked about this. Especially when they're in a hole. Yeah. In the ground. Glowing <laughs> things in holes. Get out, dude. Get out. And he keeps filming. You see like the camera all flickery and stuff. Yes. Because yep. obviously it's you can't even, messing it's, about with everything. It's unfilmable. And then nosebleeds start to happen and the camera cuts out. Yeah. Mysterious. And then smash cut. However long later. However long later. (laughs) Time passes. Andrew starts recording again. He, Matt, and Steve have developed the ability to kill a yak from 200 yards away (laughs) with mind bullets. That's telekinesis, Dave. Oh, they had a Google telekinesis. (laughs) Come on. When they overexert themselves, they get bloody noses. So they go back to the hole and they find it's collapsed. Like, well, I can't believe we got out. Yeah, they closed up the hole. My magical. They're playing with Legos and stuff. Just, you know, doing the stuff that you do when you find out you have telekinesis. Yeah, you play with Legos, and he builds a space needle, because they're in Seattle, by the way. Yeah, P.S. This is Seattle. Got to build a Lego space needle like all the Seattle kids do. Yeah, and he's very good at, like, the finesse aspect of it all. Yes. And Matt is very bad at everything when it comes to this. Yeah, Matt's up not front. Matt's not great. No, and- uh, Steve is- Steve and Michael B. Jordan. He can move the stuff, he heavy stuff. He is trying to really power through and learn what- like the extent of the powers. I yeah, think. he's got the muscle. Yeah. Whereas Andrew's the brain got the finesse. Too. Sure. So as the boys get stronger, they theorize that their newfound ability is like a muscle and become stronger with use. So they become good buds and start fucking with people. That's how I would use my powers. Yeah. I'd go to a toy store or pharmacy or whatever and steal carts. Yep, steal carts. I would make a teddy bear come alive so and funny, scare though. a little girl. It was so funny. It's great. <laughs> Uh, make the Virgin Mary appear in your pancakes. I like how Michael B. Doran goes, excuse me, what's this? <laughs> and the waitress lady freaks out and is like, mamma mia. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, leaf blowers and, and girls' skirts because mm-hmm. because this is written by Max Landis. Sure is. With college boys, his dream. I don't know anything about Max Landis. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Nothing like his father, the legend. No. Nothing like him. Nothing like him. But then, in a weird chase kind of scene where there's a redneck on their tail, Andrew kind of just pushes him off the road, and he goes into a yeah. river. The guy was honking at him. He was tailgating. He got real pissed off, and he was like, abracadabra. And All then, right, I'll take care of this. And then he murked him yeah. with, the, with his mind. Not cool. No, but what was cool was Michael B. Jordan and whoever this Matt fella is, they dove in and pulled the guy out, and yeah. I guess they saved him. And then Matt's like, but, we got to have rules, man. 
And Andrew's like, no. No rules. We don't need rules. I almost killed a man, but no rules. No, we need rules. Right. So at this point, you can pause it and say, I think I see where this is going. Yeah, I feel like. How much is left? Oh, 45 minutes? (laughs) We're nowhere? Okay. Oh, the guy that doesn't want rules is, uh, no, I'm sure he's a great guy. (laughs) The next day, they find out they can fly. So naturally, they almost get hit by a plane. Which is very cool. It is very neat. They're like, what's that noise? What else do you think it would be right, up in the no, air, Right, no, it's guys? a really big seagull. Also, I, I like I can hear the... it from, like, coming off screen. Mine, 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 <laughs> mine, 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 mine. <laughs> I love the idea of playing football in the sky. It's a nice visual. I really liked it. It's awesome. But if one of them drops the ball. God, they can fly. Go get it. That's a hell of a chase. Yeah, but that's that's part of the fun, man. It's <laughs> part of the chase. They all agree that they're going to fly around the world together after graduation. Andrew wants to go to Tibet because it's peaceful. That's it. Yep. He's That's like, his only reasoning. It's it's peaceful there. That's <laughs> it. There's want... monks. They float in shit. I think is what he says. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we could really fuck with them. And he's like, no, guys, I just, I just want to go there. No, yeah. Really, really, I want to go there. I really badly want to go to Tibet because they float in shit. Andrew's a weird dude. It's a strange boy. Yeah. Matt goes to Casey's house to hit on her because she's... Oh, and she's still filming. She's filming more stuff. She's here for reasons. Because we need to have a reason to separate the characters, but still film it. But still have to be able to still see, what's need to be able to see what's so happening. We have two characters yeah. who film everything. Right. We just assume that whoever put together all this found footage spoke to both of them. Wow. Well, edited all this together. It must be Matt, right? Um, we'll get there. We'll get there. Because <laughs> there's a lot of editing of random found footage that's about to come up uh, towards the end of this thing. Yeah. Meanwhile, Steve encourages Andrew to enter the school talent show to gain popularity. That's how you do it. Yeah, well, no, everybody knows that when you do magic tricks with the aid of your superpowers, obviously. Right. Uh, at the one place in the world where high schoolers are impressed by magic, you become a cool kid. Well, for what it's worth, they couldn't lip sync Ice Ice Baby because Step Brother already did that. And that's right. how he got super cool. That's true. So that's true. What, what's really the next step? As long as nobody shows them and goes, Andrew has a mangina. Andrew oh, has a true. mangina. You really run the risk whenever all... you go to a high school talent show. It's dangerous. It's dangerous out there. I mean, the kids are going to start chanting it. Some, Some of the, the meaner, meaner parents. parents. <laughs> it's a dog-eat-dog world, man. Sure is. All right, stop. <laughs> Collaborate and listen? Yeah. That. <laughs> that night, Andrew, Matt, and Steve celebrated a house party where Andrew was the center of attention after some drinks and beer punks. Because he did awesome magic. He did so cool with the magic and the stuff. And people yeah. were like, whoa, you're cool now. And the Michael B. Jordan on stage. It helped. You have a good MC. It or is he the... I'm unsure what he was in this. He introduced Andrew. He was like, and here's I assumed he was Andrew. the MC. He was either an MC or he was like the the sidekick. What what do you call the... the Teller. Assistant. <laughs> we call him Teller. Yeah. The magician's assistant. She's real pretty. Or Teller. He's very pretty. Teller <laughs> and Michael B. Jordan. After some drinks and beer punch shenanigans with his 30-year-old classmate, Monica. <laughs> she's so old. Yeah, she's not young. <laughs> I think she's the oldest person in this movie. Like, Michael Kelly, sit down. Anna Wood, oldest person in this movie. She looks like Lilo Dallas Multipass. She's apparently actually Dane DeHaan's actual wife. But how old is Dane DeHaan in this? I think they're both like 27, 28. They play down really well. Well, one of them plays down really well to age. <laughs> one of them is the lady. One of them looks, looks older way than too she old. is. <laughs> she has pink hair, though, so whatever. Sure, fine. She and Andrew go upstairs to get it on, but then Andrew pukes on her. Yeah, not what you want to do, right? That's yeah. not foreplay? No, no. Well, depends on what you're into, really. <laughs> I'm not here to kink shame. <laughs> just thought of, like, Flight of the Concords. If that's what you're into. <laughs> king shaming that? Yeah, bro- vomit play. That's what we're all about. You know what? Do you. <laughs> you're already voyeuristic with your fucking camera. You might as well vomit. Get and it over with. All that all that street cred he got with his magic performance is gone. Yep. Every bit of it. Steve tries to tell him it's no big deal, but Andrew's not. He's going a little nuts. Well, it's because he was at Stan from South Park. That's really all it is with Wendy. Oh, yeah. He got. He... He's about to get. <laughs> <laughs> also, Matt goes home with Casey, who's still in this movie, believe it or not. Yeah, it's a blonde girl. <laughs> yeah. That's it. With a camera. She's there. So that we could see Matt go other places and we could still follow the action. Right. All the action in this movie. We're getting there. Are we? we? We are getting there. We have not gotten there yet, no. for sure. Andrew becomes increasingly withdrawn and hostile, culminating with his father, Richard, attacks him. It's violent. But Andrew uses his power to overcome him because he's got powers. Because he's got powers. And Michael Kelly is just a drunk man. That's true. With a dying wife. With important. a dying wife. It's important to know. That is, yeah. His home life is not great. It's bad, in fact. 
double down on that. Right. It's not good. No. It's bad. His outburst is so extreme that it inflicts physically connected nosebleeds and pain on Steve and Matt. That's probably bad, too. Probably. Matt ignores it because he's hanging out with Casey. He's getting... (laughs) He's not puking on Casey. Right. Right. (laughs) Steve is drawn to Andrew, who's floating in the middle of a storm. As As you you do. do. I don't know about you. Whenever I get upset, like, let's say me and you have a bad recording. Yeah. I go float in storms. Makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. I get worried, though. I'm like, Steve. (laughs) You go find me? I come float up to you. I'm like, hey, man, I know that you got hit by your dad. I can see the bruise. I'm going to try to console you. My dad doesn't hit me. The Dark Knight Rises plot holes do. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) But Andrew is growing increasingly angry, claiming Steve and Matt aren't really his friends. And then, of course, Steve is struck by lightning and dies. How about that? I wonder who did it. Hmm. Who could it be? We smash cut to Steve's funeral. <laughs> yeah, it's, it happens very fast. <laughs> and Matt confronts Andrew with the suspicious circumstances of Steve's death. Right. Isn't this where one of two different versions of Amazing Grace is playing in the song? Because there's two different versions of the same song. I did not even Amazing know Grace, of all things. Well, what, what can you do? I don't know. How sweet the sound. <laughs> Andrew denies responsibility to Matt, but then he privately begs for forgiveness on Steve's grave. Yeah, he says, Steve, Michael B. Jordan. I really fucking killed you. That's how he says it. And I'm so sorry. You were my best friend, and uh, I lost control, and I lightninged you to death. My my bad. Enjoy enjoy the ground, sucker. I didn't even know I could lightning. Yeah. I hope you come back in a a Marvel film. Yeah. Well, hopefully not a Fantastic Four film first. There is actually one scene where they're sitting on top of a building, Andrew and Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. And they're talking about their home lives and stuff. Right. And Michael B. Jordan has a tough home life, too. Right. Not as nearly, he's like, not nearly as tough as Andrew. I love that in his scene, he's actually like, it's not as bad as your parents. I mean. Yeah. But Michael B. Jordan made a really cool acting choice in here where he's actually shadow boxing on the, on the top of this building. Oh, yeah. For a hot second, I went, ooh, is that Adonis Creed? Is he here? Are you, are you teasing your future, bud? I don't think he knew. I don't think he knew either. Because that's what, 2015? Something like that? You ever Something seen, like that. You ever seen Creed? Mm-hmm. So good. It's a great movie. So, so good. Movie. Michael B. Jordan is a gift. He really, really is. Everything he's in. When we're Except gonna, for Fantastic yeah. Four. Uh, we'll get there, unfortunately, one day. You know what? <laughs> you Chances to. are the next ghost of Roger Ebert is going to pick that because yeah. we've just put that out in the world now. But <clears throat> him is Killmonger, man. Fantastic. Unreal. We've openly said probably one of the best different comic character. book villains, comic book movie villains out there. Yeah. Yeah. Dude's got range. He's so good. Andrew grows distant from Matt and again finds himself ostracized at school because, you know. The camera thing. The you cam- creep. The puke thing helped. Uh, it didn't hurt. After being bullied. Oh, it did hurt. Hurt lots. Who am I, what am I talking about? I mean, yeah. He does He does admit earlier in the movie that he's a virgin. He so sure did. He, Because the puke thing. Right. Probably. Also, he said he doesn't drink earlier in the movie, too. So he got That night, drunk. he had the opportunity to both, and he one overtook the other, really. Right. <laughs> <laughs> After being bullied, he telekinetically tears the teeth out of a bully's mouth. Yeah. As you do. As you do. But then what's creepier is the next scene, he's feeling himself talking about how he extracted them. Yeah. How he's almost breaking down his to performance. To the camera, he's like, so this one came out clean, but these ones got a little broken. Right. He's like, because I used some sort of lasso thing in my brain on the first one. It was nice and clean. And the other yeah. ones, I sloppy. Creepy. And he's like evaluating his own performance and how to do this. And it's like, yeah. well, how to build a villain, I guess. Thanks, movie. <laughs> <laughs> Building a villain 101. Then he goes to the junkyard, and he's he's talking again to the camera about being an apex predator, and he crushes a car with his hand. And at this point, you're like, okay, yeah. You're definitely the villain, especially when you're talking about being an apex predator. You're Isn't like, how some of these people, you kill a bug and you don't feel anything. Right, right. And he's like, well, the apex predator. And then he ends up killing that spider with his mind. Right. He spreads it out and tears all of its limbs, and that goes against the rule that Matt said about- The Matt. rules that they never probably agreed on. <laughs> Steve and Matt agreed. Andrew didn't. They <laughs> got to get that in writing. When his mother's condition deteriorates, Andrew uses his powers to steal money for her medicine. He goes on a robbery spree. He mugs a local gang. Yeah, uh, he. I like the finger gun that he does, and he's like, I yeah. got a gat, too, and he goes for each real gun, and Andrew just goes, bam. Bam. And the guy launches across the playground. Then they whatever. all start running away, but he stops them and sure. kills them? Maybe. I don't know. Unclear. But then he robs a gas station where he definitely kills a guy. Yeah, he <laughs> robs this gas station. And he's wearing like a fireman suit. With right. A he's wearing gas his mask dad's fire thing. suit. Right. And when he's leaving, 
the gas station owner, the gas station tenant man, comes out with a shotgun. It's going to go shoot him. And he mind controls that sucker and throws it, but then it shoots then anyway. It and it hits, the, it hits the gas tank or whatever, and it goes kaboom. An earth-shattering kaboom. Yeah, that man died. And Andrew got real fucked. Yeah, oh yeah. He got real messed up, and he's in the hospital with severe burns, and he's now under police investigation. For blowing up a gas station Naturally. and robbing things with cameras everywhere. And that's where the camera comes in, obviously. Right, that's where we start seeing security Sur- footage, yeah, surveillance, surveillance cameras, stuff yeah. like that, yeah. At his bedside, his father tells the unconscious Andrew that his mother is dead, and he blames Andrew for her death. Yeah, not cancer, but Andrew. It's Andrew's fault, because <laughs> when she needed him most, he was out trying to figure out what Andrew was doing. Even exactly. though he left the house before Andrew, and we saw that happen. Mm-hmm. He's a dick. He's not a good daddy. As his father is about to strike his unconscious body, <laughs> like I said, not a good guy. Fish in a barrel at this point. Without <laughs> Andrew wakes up and blows up the entire outer wall of the hospital. And we see it on a surveillance camera. We sure do. It's wild. It's insane. Matt's at a birthday party with Casey, because obviously he has to be, otherwise we wouldn't know about it. <laughs> and he starts to experience a, an extreme nosebleed. Yeah, and he meant, Andrew's in trouble. Andrew's, Andrew's in, in trouble. trouble. Andrew's in tr- Andrew. Quick, turn on the Andrew. TV. Andrew. <laughs> Andrew. 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 That's Matt's dialogue the rest of this movie. Yeah. Andrew. Well, it's better Andrew. than every side character in the movie whose dialogue is, why are you recording me? Turn oh, off that God. camera. They just keep pointing <laughs> out the camera everywhere. Every chance they get. He sees a news report about the hospital explosion, and he drives there with Casey because Casey has to come along. Most people will be like, I have superpowers. You stay here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's got to bring Casey so we can see it happen. So we can see the camera. Of course. He finds Andrew floating outside the hospital, dangling his father. Yeah, real evil-like. I think Andrew's evil now. He seems pretty evil. Yeah. He drops his dad. uh, Because, again, bad guy. Well, both of them. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Now the worst man drops the abusive father. (laughs) Yeah. So Matt flies up and saves him. And then Matt confronts Andrew at the Space Needle. Oh, God. He tries to reason with him. and. Andrew's this is where my brain broke. Full cuckoo pants. Yeah. So what Andrew does is at the Space Needle, he breaks all the windows. Yep. And instead of being all evil-like and throwing that glass at the people or whatever, right. whatever Doc Ock would have done. Naturally. That glass. Yeah, thing, yeah. Well, or good anything villain. with these people. He telekineses all the all cell phones, the phones and, cameras, and cameras, and he surrounds <laughs> them so that they can get over the shoulder and fucking- well, Yeah. He wanted to make sure he Terry got Gilliam angle. angles and all that stuff. <laughs> Oh my god, there's so many phones surrounding them recording I all of this. I love that he takes the time to do this, even though he's gone complete batshit. Brian, like, this is one of the dumbest things we've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it's- it's uh, The great- So forced. Seattle Space Needle phone heist of 2012. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> so naturally, he attacks Matt, and the pair fight across the city, crashing through buildings and hurling vehicles when the police fire at right. him. Right. We see all this in surveillance cameras from different buildings and stuff, and that's pretty right. neat, and different like TV cameras on the ground, and yeah. everything's real far away, so nothing's intimate. It's done pretty well. Fine. It's Cloverfield, but, but with little people. But with the- <laughs> from far away. Yeah. Andrew pulls some It'd Matrix be like if shit. you were filming Cloverfield from like Jersey City, like across a river. <laughs> You're like, oh, that looks bad. There's stuff happening huh. right there, I think. <laughs> when the police fired Andrew, he pulls some Matrix shit, stopping the bullets, and then he's like, that's it. And he starts pulling down buildings around him with his telekinesis. And Matt's like, all right, well, I guess I got to kill him. <laughs> and luckily, there's a statue right behind him holding a spear yep. that's not part of the statue, apparently, because nope. it comes right out and- It slides right out and- Impales yeah, Andrew. kebabs him. And kebabs him. Exactly. Yeah. And then the police surround Matt, and he's like, no. Fuck, I could fly. <laughs> and he flies away. Peter Pan, I could fly, I could fly, I could fly. Oh, Matt is the one who flies the best, we found out. He's very good at, at some flying. point. Yes. So Matt gets, is good at flying. Steve was good at lifting heavy things. <laughs> and Andrew was the finesse man. Sure. Sometime later, Matt lands in Tibet with Andrew's camera. And speaking to the camera, he's addressing Andrew, and he's like, I'm going to use my powers for good and find out what happened to us in that hole. And then he positions the camera to view a Tibetan monastery in the distance. And he says, you made it. And that's the movie. <laughs> when you put it that way, it's uh, not very good. It's interesting, isn't it? It is interesting. There's so many cool things within it. And I think in the grand scheme of it, it might warrant another watch, to tell you the truth. I think you're right. It's not bad. It's not terrible. The story itself is, it's a cool premise. It is a cool premise. I think the found footage I think is partially the right way to go. Dictated a lot of what they did. Yeah, I feel like what they should have done is done a mix. 
of traditional filmmaking along with the found footage. Maybe if you do like yeah. the the Tony Stark tests from well, that would make Iron sense. Man, yeah. where you see like, oh, test this, like, or even Shazam, where you're doing, oh, hero oh, tests yeah. and that stuff. If you mix that in, but maybe you lean on that a little bit more, yeah. then I think it's something feasible. I feel like if halfway through this movie, they just stopped doing found footage and just gone to like regular cinematics, I wouldn't have even noticed. I wouldn't have noticed at all. And like, they got awfully close because right. there's a lot of really cool camera angles where all three of them are in the thing. And it's because Andrew is manipulating the camera with his mind right. and he's like directing it. Which I was thankful for yeah. because it got rid of all the shaky cam too. It did. Thank God. Which there's was, a lot of shaky oh. cam. Shaky cam is distracting. It is. There's no secret about that. Yeah. It works when you're doing found footage because it feels intimate and real, but- Most of it does. At a certain point, it's like, come on. Right. I think shaky cam is great in doses. Yeah. So I think this was actually the perfect balance of that in a found footage film. I think so too. I wish that it wasn't all, I don't know, one tone. Yeah. Because there's nothing in the middle. Like, I feel like the Andrew throwing the guy into the river, the car into the river was supposed to be like one of the big moments of this movie. Yeah. And it kind of just happened. Yeah. Because it felt like everything else. Right. It, it felt like, like, oh, did he do it on purpose? I don't know. But like, eh. Right. And it was kind of just odd how they always wanted they to just... film everything. Yeah. And they brushed over a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, even when he went to go kill these guys or to rob these guys, he's like, I better bring my camera along. Right. Got to like, have why evidence. Why need to film everything? So we can see it. But I don't see the point. That's, the that's thing is that where it's not it falls. Only him, yeah. It's not only him doing it. All these guys are like, where's the camera? Where's the camera? Where's the camera? And they all right. want the camera. Even when Andrew's almost getting laid and he vomits Oh, yeah, at the party and they just keep Steve, passing the camera Steve off. Steve takes the camera at that yeah. point. It's like, why do you guys need the camera well, for these nothing moments? When Matt had the camera at the party, that's when Casey was like, oh. Actually, Matt, it was the talent you're show. You're going to get some. The you're talent show. Some. She was like, oh, sure. you're filming now? But it's just, everything felt forced. Yeah. Where it was an idea that's a very cool idea, and sometimes they pull it off really well, and sometimes they really forced it. The circling oh, cell that phones was too much. is way too much. Too much. Yeah, it feels like they were like, hey, you know it'd be cool if we did this as a found footage movie? And then they were kind of held down to that. They were like, oh, we got to do, yeah. we have to find a way to make this be filmable now. And I think that's where the entire character of Casey came from. Yeah, because she's almost useless in this entire movie. Yeah, she's a camera. She is a camera. That is her, her That's entire her role purpose. is a camera. Let's talk about the story a little bit more. Okay. About these kids finding a weird blue thing in a hole. Yeah. And then they get all powery. What'd you sure. think of that? It's simple. I get it. It's very mean? simple. They get it out of the way quick, which I like. Yeah. It Does it need explanation? I don't know. I don't think it does. Like, where'd it come from? I don't know. You have the cops saying, like, kids, you can't be here. So obviously there's some bigger thing. Right. Like a Stranger Things type yeah. thing of, like, don't go here. We're not going to find out why. It's right. kind of like all the other people in the town of Stranger Things who are just living their lives. Yeah. There's something going on, but we're not privy to it. Right. Because I feel like these kids don't care because now they have powers and they want to explore that. And it's yeah. just told from their We might have found out in Chronicle 2, but they kiboshed that in 2013. So. Yeah. And, I mean, it's a fair kiboshing because this movie did only cost $12 million to make. Yeah. It made 126 million, so yeah, that's a substantial. That's hit. huge, but is it? It depends on what they've spent on marketing. Yeah, and I remember all these commercials, and none of the commercials were found footage, not one. Oh, you're right. I remember seeing the car crush. I remember seeing the kind yeah. of the spider looking all that stuff. I don't remember ever seeing found footage in anything. Huh. I was taken so aback when this turned out to be a found footage movie. I was surprised. I had I didn't know anything about this movie until I hit play. So sure. What are your general feelings on found footage, though? It's weird because I've never been a fan of horror movies, and it's usually primarily that Reserve genre. For that? Yeah. Sure. Um, so I don't see a lot of them. I liked this. Sure. Well, it had the KB Boys, and you like KB Boys. I do like KB Boys. But it, it felt like a refreshing use of it. I feel like it, it's been done well, and it's been done poorly. But even Blair Witch Project, which is like the one that made it blow up, is mostly marketing that sold that movie. I think it was also... Like, mostly word of mouth. Like, Paranormal Activity, also the same right. boat. Because Blair Witch, I actually pulled these numbers out of curiosity. It is the most profitable film ever made. Really? By a long shot. I believe that. It cost $60,000 to make. Oh, wow. It made $248 million. <laughs> so, overall, that's a gain of over 414,000%. That's insane. Right. Whereas you have Paranormal Activity in 2007... That thing was completely viral because that was, you want to see this movie? Yeah. Request it. Come to our 128,000% wow. on that one. But those are very different movies because those are small budget films right. that they put out there because the other big, massive, huge one was Cloverfield. Cloverfield, right. 
And I remember seeing the trailers for that, and that had one of the coolest trailers ever where you don't know what's happening in a city. And you see the Statue of Liberty had fly down the street. Yeah. And you're like, what is happening what right now? What is this? What is Cloverfield? And when you see the monster, you're like, oh, okay. Got it. That all happened. Neat. TJ Miller? Fuck. All oh, right. TJ <laughs> Miller again. Here we are. But the budget for Cloverfield, this thing was huge. Yeah. I remember it being massive. It was a $25 million movie. That is not small budget. No, not at all. It only did $170 million. Oh, and wow. the marketing for that, you know, was, it was high. out of control. How much did it actually make, like profitability wise? So, I mean, this one did probably okay. Yeah. But not well enough to get a sequel, which is interesting, especially when you have Josh Trank, who was only 27 at the time. Right. The youngest person ever to have a number one in the box office, right below Steven Spielberg with Jaws and James Cameron with Terminator. Yeah. That's, Those are pretty that's heavy hitters. Good company. Yeah. Uh, and then I, he went to do Fantastic Four, and we all know how that turned out. Whoopsie. I don't know if it was that it, he didn't get approved for a Chronicle 2. Trank and Landis didn't want to work together anymore. Is there a reason why, though? I don't know. They're because very, Landis was all touchy, and Trank was like, hey, don't do that. I have a feeling, but nobody's come out and said it. All I've heard is that when this stuff came out about... Landis, Trank said, oh, I 100% believe every word of this article about Max. Wow. And he banned him from visiting principal photography on Chronicle and hasn't spoken to him since. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. Because Landis actually had plans for Chronicle 2 and 3. Sure. But then they just, well, then you know it's got to be a touchy thing. Right. It's got (laughs) to a touchy subject. (laughs) Oh, let's not not make light of that. No, you're right. You're right. (laughs) You're right. You're right. If you're going to use a pun, that's the one. I know at some point Trank was also attached to Venom, right. and he dropped out of that. I forgot about that. He was also attached to something else in that time, and he dropped out of that, and it was another big thing, and I think he might have left it. Oh, it was a Star, Star Wars. Wars flick. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a standalone. So I'm assuming it would have been, It was. I'm reading here June 2014, probably would have been Rogue One. That would make sense. He's very good at using CGI, because yes. a lot of the CGI in this movie is very believable, and I feel like that's where a lot, a lot of, the of it is, and a to. lot of it isn't. Yeah, the baseball when they're hitting each other with the baseball <laughs> at the beginning yeah. is bad. There's some moments That's like where Forrest I'm like, Gump ping pong mm. nonsense. Some of the flying work. too. I'm like, okay, so right, right, right. You might Hand as well just you might as well just left the wires in. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'm very torn on this movie. Me too. Me too. I want to like it. I think. I think I do too, and I do think it warrants because it's original. Watch. Isn't that refreshing though? But is it? Is it original, or is it just the found footage aspect of it that's original? I think it's the idea of doing it this way, in this style, that makes it original. Yeah. Because, but, really, it's it's not much different from Carrie or the craft or Akira. It is, it's the male craft. Yeah. It's, it's exactly. dude craft. It is. But we think that way about it. But Rotten Tomatoes, 1 in 100, hit me. What do you got? I have no clue. 60? Yeah, 85. Okay. It's way up there. That is. That's out of 180 reviews. Audience score 71%. Okay. Not on the list of the top 72 superhero movies on Rotten Tomatoes. It's interesting. I don't understand how it works anymore. It's as broken as we are. Is that a real list or is it like a user submitted thing? I don't know. We've been using it though. Well, I, we're going to go with it's an official we have IMDb. To official <laughs> list of the Cape Podcasters and whatever I Google. Exactly. <laughs> First thing comes on Google TM. Roger Ebert, he saw this thing. He sure did. He gave it three and a half out of four. Oh, that is, that's a good one. It's generous from him. Yeah. He says, Man, you couldn't get me down into that hole in the ground for all the beans in Boston. That's a fair point. It's perfectly circular, in the middle of a gloomy, grassy field, and Matt and Steve talk Andrew into bringing his new video camera and filming as they disappear into its dark maw. They use the camera's light, and of course, the screens on their iPhones, they can't see the bottom. What is he talking about? He's talking about a hole. He's talking about a hole. The woods hole. Ebert is just talking about a woods hole for a whole paragraph. <laughs> Couldn't get me down there. Nope. No sirree, Bob. Nope. He goes on to talk about uh, once they get their powers, then they discover they can move Lego pieces using only their minds. This is called telekinesis. Matt looks it up in the dictionary. (laughs) (laughs) Shitting all over him. He says, Chronicle seems at first to be all goofing around. It's Andrew's tortured personal life that steers it into deep currents, although they have fun getting there. They are teenagers who must think to live forever. Not only do they go down into that hole, back on the hole, yep. but they discover they can fly up into thunderstorms. Neat. Even if you could fly to 10,000 feet, would you want to? It's cold up here, one of them shouts. <laughs> I forget which one. There was some lightning at the time. Well, those are two different scenes. That's the end of the review. That's the whole thing? <laughs> That's not the whole thing. I oh. skipped a whole bunch of shit in the middle. He says uh, that 
the three actors clearly in their mid twenties. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that's not a true. secret at all. He talks about having some experience of working together real easily here in this ensemble. I know that the three actors they put into a house for two weeks, fifteen just to days, yeah, hang out together to get some camaraderie, all that. Wanted stuff. a genuine bond. Fine, it's pretty clever. I it's directing if you have that directing, right? Right. <laughs> if, at this time, I think all three of these actors at the time. I mean, Alex Russell may still have the time. Yeah, he probably does. Want to find out what the monsters on Amazon think of this thing? I would love to. Okay, Amazon, one-star reviews for this. There's only 733 reviews. That's not a lot. No, it's got a 3.9 out of 5. Okay. Fine. So 46% of them are five-star. That's less than half. 8% are one-star. Okay. So that's kind of right in line with everything. Yeah. Especially since Cloverfield, I wanted to look this up and find another found footage comparison. Sure. Has 2,493 customer reviews. It has a 3.3 out of 5. Oh. So people don't like it. No. 29% are five star. Wow, that's 22% are four star. Oh, okay. Then it goes down to 18 for three star, 12 for two star, and 19 for one star. That's high. Yeah, and I bet you can imagine what every single one star is on that. <laughs> so just think about that. Yeah. I don't have many for this because everyone just complains about the shaky cam and the found footage and they just can't get into it. But from April 19th, 2019, titled. Immediately lost interest, but tried to watch. Really? Really? I hate these movies that are filmed to look like home movies. <laughs> America, America, this, this is, is you. you. Ba, ba, da, ba. Can you imagine <laughs> if they had like a Bob Saget oh riff tracks for oh, this I'm thing? Gonna, I'm just going to fly around here. Oh. <laughs> I'm just, just going to fly around here in the lightning. Oh, lightning. Oh, it struck me. Oh, oh. <laughs> Sounds like Mr. Bill at that point. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I'm just going to I'm just gonna throw this ball to you. Oh, oh my right nuts. Right <laughs> the nuts. <laughs> I'd watch it. I would definitely watch 100% it. Bob Saget, watch man. It. Bring him back. Bring him back in the, the family home. Just bring Bob Saget back to do riff tracks for any found footage movie. That would be so good <laughs> for Cloverfield. Oh. <laughs> just... Tearing apart T.J. Miller left and right. Absolutely. Because he deserves it because he's a terrible, terrible human being. Are you talking about Yogi Bear? I am. <laughs> From July 17, 2015, titled, Telekinetic Emo Teen Turns Apocalyptic Peter Pan. Ooh. Not wrong. Fun. All around. Wildly overhyped. Aims for moral complexity but becomes a silly one-note riff on the perils of angsty, all-powerful flying teens. You, yeah, you know, know you're in trouble. You know that note. That, that one single note. <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock used to believe All powerful that you can play the audience like he's on a keyboard. Okay. And that's how he kind of made his films. Of sure. Like, oh, I want them to feel this tension right here. I'm going to play this note. Like simple, different directorial tricks that he pulled off. Right. I'm not sure that moral complexity that becomes a silly one-note riff, the perils of angsty, all-powerful flying teens is a note on that keyboard. Doesn't sound like it. No. Doesn't really ring a bell. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Like, maybe two notes. You know you're in trouble right from the start when they crawl into a hole near their high school and find the magic testicular space orb. No, I'm not kidding. It's not from space. It's not testicular. It's a little testicular. It's not testicular. Uh, I can see where they're coming from. <laughs> can you? <laughs> can you? Testicular. You want to relate with these fellas. No, no, no. Not but there is something kind of... Ballsy about it? Yes. <laughs> what do you... What? What's ballsy about this? The shape, the veins. The <laughs> it looked like it was more like, I don't know, polygon shapes. Yeah. What do your testicles look like, Brian? Do we need to see a doctor? <laughs> a really complicated Rubik's Cube. It looks like polygon from the Pokemon <laughs> game. Porygon? That's the one. Sorry. Didn't catch him. Didn't catch your balls. Gotta catch them balls. <clears throat> from June 20th, 2012. Dumbest movie I've ever viewed. I doubt even teens will rave about this one. Some of the scenes were fantastic, as in fantasy. No one would believe it. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? Telekinesis is unbelievable? I want to put this out there. I just read a book on King Arthur, and they didn't once bring up the Ring of Power or Orcs or Balrog or Sauron or Anything out of Lord of the Rings. So disappointing. I bet you even teens wouldn't like no it. One's gonna <laughs> no one's going to believe it. <laughs> oh, man. Stupid teens. Fantastic as in fantasy. No shit. Wait, is that what that word means? This is. This looked like it was real. Looks like this footage was found. It's supposed to be real stuff. <laughs> I didn't believe for one second that somebody just found this footage. <laughs> Where's the timestamp? I watched enough America's Home Videos. So there's always a timestamp. <laughs> 
from July 7, 2012. I like superhero movies, and after reading the synopsis on the movie, thought it might have potential. Wrong! <laughs> First of all, the filming was done in the style of the Blair Witch Project and Cloverfield. Almost the entire movie was jumpy. The actual storyline was plausible, but unfortunately, <laughs> the script was a total failure. The little bit of action in the movie was a total failure as well, though I think some of that may have been due to the filming style. The acting was surprisingly bad also. I didn't think the acting was that bad. That's the part that you're worried about, not the part where they said this is plausible. Oh, I just, <laughs> I just skipped over that because I didn't find that comment to be plausible. <laughs> I just don't believe that there's giant woods holes <laughs> look, out there. Look, I get it. Yes, there are teenagers... 23-year-old teenagers in high school <laughs> that definitely have telekinesis. That definitely have climbed down woods holes and touched a testicular blue thing. I just don't think that they did it with a shaky camera. <laughs> you imagine that? It's like, I would imagine that these teens have a steady cam the whole time. He's wearing the rig and everything the whole time. For sure. He kind of is, but it's it's a steady cam in his mind. Right. It got steadier. So there's that. He's Whole not even union, steadier. so good on him. He, he figured that out. The last one I have is from August 30th, 2012, titled Sucked. Do not waste your money or your time on this terrible, disgusting, poorly made movie. It sucks big, fat, sweaty, hairy from under cheese donkey balls. Wow. So what about the movie was disgusting? I'm not sure yet. The okay. testicle, testicular thing. Uh, Brian testicles. Keeps go- uh, I don't like that. <laughs> the Porygons. Not a, not a fan That's of what that. he calls them. He calls them his Porygons and he calls the shaft. His Weedle. That's Brian's package. <laughs> That's I don't like straight this game. From here. <laughs> I don't like this game at all. Gotta catch them balls. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I don't know. People just commented on the shaky cam the whole time and found footage and yada, yada, yada. Of course. It becomes monotonous. It does. The comments, not the shaky uh, cam. Right. Well, the shaky well, cam, I would say, is a tone of this movie. Exactly. And let's figure out where this thing falls on our super stuff. Tones involved in that, right? Somewhere? Somewhere in the super stuff. Out of 53 episodes, you think we know that? <laughs> I want to ask you this. I've never done this before. What's up? Where do you think this is going to land on the super stuff? With the super stuff, we usually do it right from the gut. Yeah. Because we usually come across things as we're recording these things and talking about it of like, no, oh, that actually was kind of shitty. Or, wow, that was actually pretty cool. Right. Where do you think this thing's going to fall? Because I have no idea. I feel like it's probably going to land right around a five. Okay. Okay. My guess. Let's see what we got. We usually just shoot off the hip, and uh, we add it up at the end. So, And now I have the opportunity to be wrong about it. Cool. <laughs> I like it. Setting. Seattle. I guess. It's got Space Needle. <laughs> we see a Space Needle. In Space Needle form and in Lego form. Right. And also, it was filmed almost entirely in South Africa. Right. They had to bring over cars from America. Because South Africa drives on the wrong side. The Let's wrong call side. it the wrong side. We're going to call it the wrong side. Yeah, there's almost nothing Seattle about this besides seeing the Space Needle once. I mean, I don't really know much about Seattle, so I couldn't tell you. They but... threw, uh, they flew through a Seattle Sounders football club sign at one point. So okay. that's Seattle. That's yeah. I'll go point five. When they were on the best. roof, yeah. I don't know if that looks anything like Seattle from where they're. I'm going to assume it was. does. I would imagine they did the homework. No idea. I didn't. Point five. Point five seems reasonable. Style and tone. One. I think you. Has to Nailed be a one it because there's nothing else like this nope. in this the genre. The style is very cool. The tone is very cool. Yeah, it's not monotonous, but it's. I mean, the but shaky, it's the shaky cam slash found footage. You're not going to see anything like it, right? You're not exactly. Yeah, hero. Who? Uh, you know what? I'm leaning this? toward Matt and Steve. No, hold on. This is going to be a first. Okay, we're going to go hero and villain combined, then divide by two and just split the score. Okay, because. Sure. They're all the same in this thing. We only have three characters. Right. Four if you count Dad. He's evil. He's he's a mean man, but he's also going through some shit. Michael Kelly's going through some shit in this thing. Yeah, but he almost punches his unconscious son. Yeah, I told you. It's, he's gonna <laughs> land the, he wants to land the shot. His son just beat the shit out of him, and now he has a clear shot at him? Come on. <laughs> I, all I'm going to say is, I get it, Michael Kelly. I get it. Okay. <laughs> Hot take. <laughs> What do you think, I mean, look at it as the, the threesome here, the, the trifecta of telekinesis sure. or whatever is happening. Sure. Movie. Obviously, Andrew's the evil one. Obviously. But the other two are kind of shits, too. They're, I they're mean, fucking with the public. They with are everything. doing, they're doing some, your, your typical teenage boy fuckery. Right. 
Matt does seem to be erring on the good side. He's, I agree. He wants to be a cop. He wants to, you know, he wants to set rules. He reminds me of Kelso for He's some reason. Kind, he looks so much like like Walmart brand Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> like so much. Kirkland very fair. Kutcher. <laughs> Isn't Kirkland Costco? Sure. You, you cannot buy Alex Russell in bulk. There's one of them, and he is unemployed. So, <laughs> I think. I don't know. I didn't look at his IMDb. I did, and I don't remember. Oh, well, there you go. So, <laughs> poor guy. Uh, I want to kind of, you know what? How about just 0.25 for hero, 0.25 for villain? I think that's uh, that's fair. There's nothing in this at all. I, I, th- I don't know, though, because villain is, he's villainous. He gets villainous eventually. He's just kind of cranky. And it happens to be that he's really angsty and we're in Seattle during the grunge scene 25 years later. Yeah, but he kills a lot of people. He's not afraid to kill people. Mm. Fine, I'll go. He calls himself an apex predator. <laughs> I'll go. <laughs> 0. 0.5 for villain? I'll go 0. 0.5 for villain, 0. 0.25 for hero. I can't I think split the difference. We can't, we can't split them, I guess, this time. I thought we could. It was a good attempt. Female characters. Zero. It's definitely a zero. The main female character is in this a movie camera. Is, is a, a camera. Is literally a dolly on legs. The secondary That's female it. character in this movie is there to die. <laughs> yes. And the third one gets puked on. Gets puked on during sexy times. That is a zero if I've ever seen one. It is. I think zero is generous. I agree. Story and motivation. I think the story's okay. I don't know what the motivation is. I don't think there's motivation. I don't think there is motivation. I think this is more. There's not much of a plot so much no. as it's like a character study. Barely. But barely. I'll go 0.25. Yeah. Music. There's none. Well, there's plenty. There's a shitload of music, but it's nothing's original. There's no score. And right. that was intentional because it's not, it's found footage. So it right. wouldn't be a score, which I think is a neat choice. It is a neat choice. It's the only choice, though. Yeah. There's no other choice. 0.25. Yeah. Just to acknowledge that there is. Just to just to acknowledge it that there's it was a, a choice. There's a lot of music in this, by the way. But it's all yeah. it's all environmental or practical. It's practical, exactly. Music, yeah, which is neat. I'll go point two five. And there's two kinds of amazing grace, which I found bizarre. <laughs> Impact on the genre zero. That is a big bad zero. <laughs> there's, there's none. This movie did nothing. Right, and I don't even think it's because Max Landis can't keep him, his hand to himself. I think it's because this movie only did okay. It's so unique that I think people were afraid of it. That's very fair parents we got a we got one dead we got a dead mom for sure and we got an attempted murdered dad (laughs) i guess the original script called for him tearing his dad apart the way he did the The spider spider. yeah i'll go 0.25 just for the sake of sparing an argument five you think so but yeah i mean one parent dead one parent attempted uh but there's a lot of other parents because we have three heroes Uh, it is andrew's movie though isn't it but then it's not if you want to call it then it's probably teamwork but towards what? Because that becomes a zero. No, that does become a zero. <laughs> so it's parents. We'll go 0.25. Okay, I think that's pretty fair. Can I tell you one of the weirdest things about this movie? Sure. So only reason I know that there's two different versions of Amazing Grace in this movie is because I had to watch through the credits to see maybe there's a post-credit because I'm conditioned that way sure. now. Sure. There kind of was. Was there? Kind of. Where? It was a, a final credit. Okay, that's what I wanted to talk about, and it's the weirdest thing I've ever it's seen in my life. Bizarre. How you have all your special things of like, oh, the entire city of, of Cape Town, South Africa. Yeah. And then it goes dark for a second, and the final credit is waitress Vanessa Lee. And it's the last thing you see. And it's so out of weird. nowhere. So weird. What is with that? I want an explanation so bad. I, I took it as maybe it's director's cut because she was credited in IMDb as director's cut. Oh, maybe. But why wouldn't you just put her with the rest? The rest. It's not like you're adding it on at the end just for the director's cut for one credit. That's weird. It was really so weird. odd. Was that the waitress with the, the Virgin Mary? Yeah, the... I think so. It's the strangest weird. credit I think I've ever seen. That's very bizarre. Yeah. Because like, I remember seeing it and I was like, what was that about? <laughs> Because you're conditioned too, you fucking. Oh yeah, dog. I was like, I gotta yeah. fast forward through the credits. Yep, to get to exactly. The end. And then it was to see there's gonna be carnage. That oh, didn't happen. It was oh, just waitress wait. Vanessa Lee. <laughs> waitress <laughs> Vanessa Lee. That's the post credits. Yeah, there you sure, go. sure, sure. One liners. Zero. And I think uh, like a hard zero. I'm trying to remember anything that was said in this movie. Andrew, 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 Andrew. Why are you filming me? Andrew, why are you filming Andrew. me? Turn the camera off. Turn the camera off. Were you filming my girlfriend? Uh, zero. I can fly. Uh, now a hard zero. A concrete zero. zero. Straight up zero. 
So uh, this movie did not get a five. It didn't make it. It got a three. Oh, wow. Yeah. We came down hard on it. Yeah. I think it's warranted, though. I think every bit of it is warranted. Yeah. I think that's fair. I'm going to watch it again be out of curiosity. Out of curiosity, because I want to like it. I do. I think I might like it. I'm leaning that way. I just way. don't know how sold I am. Exactly. I don't know. Nor do I. I'm not going to follow up on it. I'm wondering because it, is. it was originally supposed to be a hard R or an NC-17. I'm wondering what that would have been like if that would have you kind of well, given it. I mean, you already take people out of the movie by making it a found footage. Yeah. So why would you dive even farther? Even the marketing says, right. like, don't tell them it's found footage. No one's going to come see this thing. Right. If you had gone to that extra extreme and, and narrowed down your sure, even farther ship even more, it would have. Yeah, that's a good call. So, I mean, just to get people to see this thing, I get it. Yeah. What are we talking about next week? Next week is the 50th anniversary <laughs> of our episode about The Incredibles. Oh, how about that? Episode versary? Sure. It's been 50 episodes. It's been 50 episodes that we talked about The Incredibles, so we should probably get around to doing the sequel. We're talking Incredibles 2. 2. Finally. 50 episodes later. <laughs> it's, it's not an MCU movie, so there's no colon, title, title, title. Right. It's just a number. Incredibles number at the end of it. 2. But Craig T. Nelson's back, baby. Good old-fashioned sequel. I haven't seen it. Nor have I. I'm pretty excited for this one. But I've heard good things. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, throw us a a review there. We like that. You can like and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Cape Podcasters. And you can send your questions, comments, stories, and whatnot to capepodcasters at gmail.com. Don't forget to keep listening. At the end of every episode, there are post credits. Even though this movie didn't have them. That did have them, kind of. Oh, right. Waitress Vanessa Lee, as we all know. We all know about Waitress Vanessa Lee. (laughs) Keep listening. It's there on every episode. So we'll see you next week for The Incredibles 2. Same pod time. Same pod woods hole. So, Brian, that's Chronicle. What do you think happens post-credits? I think we're still looking at this Tibetan monastery from the distance, and down flies a fourth character, one that we're not familiar with, and he scoops up the camera and takes off. Where are we going? I don't know. On an adventure, because now we're with Footage Finder. Oh, God. The superhero who finds the footage (laughs) and assembles the movies that you can see them. The editor. The editor. Footage Finder. (laughs) What do you think happens? I also think we're at the Tibetan Monastery. Oh. I think that Matt walks away from the camera, but then we pick up, and we start getting these angles that they vaguely remind us of Christopher Nolan, Batman Begins. And then we see Liam Neeson as Ra's al Ghul, and he's talking to Matt, and he says, You traveled the world. Now you must journey inwards (laughs) to what you really fear. It's inside you. There is no turning back. Your cousin's death was not your fault. Your training is nothing. The will is everything. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Batman begins. So on and so forth. I have a very particular set of skills. More or less. <laughs> <laughs> Liam Neeson's back, baby. But it's secretly <laughs> Vanessa Lee, the waitress. No, exactly. Of course it is. <laughs> a twist. A twist.